Hello and welcome to the Prisoner Officer Podcast. This podcast is a place to talk about the forgotten cops in this country's jails, prisons, and correctional centers. A place for me to try to make sense of a career spent working inside the fence with some of the greatest people that nobody sees or recognizes for the important job they do. In this episode, I'm going to answer several of the questions this podcast has generated. In just less than three months, this podcast has grown to over 1,300 downloads and hundreds of Facebook likes, but it has also generated some questions. People are curious about where this podcast is headed and why I started it. So, well, let's start with the first question. What made you want to start a podcast about prison? Well, uh, prison is what I know. It's been a major part of my life for 29 years, and early in my career, I discovered that what we do was hidden behind walls and misrepresented in Hollywood, and I have always had a passion to, to change that. I've been trying for years to reach out to other officers and the public through some of my writings and poetry. Um, I have a book of poetry called Monotonous Chaos. You know, that was a cathartic way for me to reach out to other officers and my family and the public and try to get them to understand some of the stuff that, you know, was going on in, in my mind and in my life. I've written articles for, you know, many online publications. Uh, several of you probably know Corrections One or Police One. I've also written some articles for the International Law Enforcement Trainers and Educators Journal. All of these writings have been attempts on my part to help people understand what we do. And so the last six months to nine months, I've been listening to podcasts. And I love to listen to Jocko Willink and Joe Rogan. But I never thought of doing a podcast myself. You know, as a leader and a supervisor, I begin about that same time researching ways to better engage the newer officers I was hiring. I knew that a basic PowerPoint in the classroom wasn't cutting it, but when I threw in a TED Talk video, these would often get conversations started with this younger staff. So, searching the internet, you know, I found statistics that showed that of Americans, 80% between the ages of 12 and 54 years of age were listening to podcasts. I also found out that the world is changing the way we look for information. The younger generations want knowledge and they want it now. They consume knowledge differently than I did. No more hours at a library searching for the right book they want. You know, they want it on demand. They want to see and hear about it. So they go to a podcast or they go to a YouTube channel to learn. You know, we'll talk later about fact-checking and the trustworthiness of these sources, but in the end, you can't inform and teach people if no one's there to listen. So if that's where those people are listening, that's where I need to try to get out some of the info. So the Prison Officer Podcast is my chance to reach out to where, where people are listening. Uh, question number two. You're getting ready to retire. If this job has been so tough, why continue to have it as part of your life? Through this podcast, of course. Well, um, I am eligible to retire, and I will be leaving my current job in corrections soon. But as I mentioned, prison's been a part of my life for a long time. And like it or not, it's become part of who I am. And at the end of the day, it became something I was good at. And you know, being a prison officer has been an up and down journey for me. The first couple of years, it was exciting. You know, I love the adrenaline. I love the danger. I love the fighting. 
but during that time, I never really thought of it as a career. I was doing this prison job while I was putting in applications for real jobs. This was just a stepping stone for me. But the years went by, and I moved up, got used to the money, got used to the routine. I still hated the job, but the truth is that during that time, I hated myself and I felt like a failure because I was still working in prison. I still hadn't thought of it as a career. You know, I felt like I was just being dragged along by this job. I even remember telling my kids when, you know, they were younger, I, you know, they'd say, I don't want to do homework. I'd say, you know, get in there and do your homework. You need to go to college or you're going to end up working as a prison guard. So I was using the job I was in as a threat. At that time, I was grumpy at work and probably not much fun to be around. And then one day I walked into Lieutenant's office with that same grumpy attitude. I was grumbling about something that wasn't being done right at work. And uh, behind the desk was a Lieutenant who would later become one of my mentors. And uh, he said, hey Cantrell, you have your name on the Lieutenant's board? And I turned around surprised and I was like, no. And uh, he looked me square in the eyes and he said, shut up then. If you're not gonna be part of the solution, then you're just part of the problem. And that really hit me. I realized that part of the um, problem was, you know, this attitude of walking around and, and seeing things in a negative way all the time. And I realized I had to change that. Um, I had to find positive things. I had to find good things in inside work and outside work that would, uh, you know, keep my motivation up or or, you know, build skills and, and be able to help other people. So that changed my whole outlook. I had never really thought about my ability to affect change with what I saw. I never saw myself as a leader until that day. But I can tell you that every day since, I have tried to be part of the solution. I've tried to do whatever I can to make prison safer for everyone and to be there to help my other staff, the staff that I worked with, the staff that worked for me, when they needed it. I hope I hope that's the way they see it because that's that was my intent and that's what I tried to do. So um, yes, I'm about to retire, but I will never walk away from prison and the people that work here. I still want to be there to help either by sharing my experiences or by starting the conversations that affect change. And although I've heard a lot of former staff say they're forgetting it completely when they retire, I'm not gonna think about prison anymore I don't really think you quit being a prison officer deep down inside. You just don't work in a prison anymore. Okay, um, number three. What positive things did you do outside of prison to stay healthy? Well, I think they're asking mentally and physically. So I think the best thing I did outside of work that kept me sane was wearing a kilt. I'll let that sink in for a minute so that you can have a good visual as I move forward. No, really. I competed for uh, many years in strength competitions, most notably Scottish Highland Games. And for those of you that do not know about Scottish Highland Games, it is a competition where strong men and women throw logs, stones, and weights uh, for height and for distance. And probably the most recognized event is the caber toss, where... A log. Some people say it looks like a telephone pole. Anyway, we take it, we lift it up vertically in the air. Uh, once we get it up and where we can move with it, we'll then run forward and, and stop and attempt to flip the log end over end. 
Um, it's a very recognizable contest if, if you've ever seen that done. And if you've never attended a Highland Games, I highly encourage you to take the family and visit one. Being a competitor in these games uh, gave me an outlet for stress um, for me and my family because my whole family would go to these. They're, um, we would load up and we'd spend the day there, sometimes against their will, but most of the time I think they enjoyed it. And um, it gave me a purpose to work out and stay in shape. And the fact that I wore a kilt was also the subject of lots of laughs at work, which, as all of you know, one of the best things we can do at work is have a little humor. And uh, that relieves tension and it allows us to uh, um, take a break and let our mind ease off of some of the things we're dealing with. Well, let's go to number four. Were there any positive things about working in a prison? There were positive things about working in prison. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say one of the most positive things I was part of was working as a handler for the canine unit at Ozark Correctional Center. Uh, being able to take our bloodhounds and assist, you know, local law enforcement with searches for elderly, you know, nursing home walkaways, lost children. Um, this was a very proud part of my career to be able to do that. And as part of the team's commitment, we were also invited, you know, to be part of local parades and school safety functions. We'd teach kids about the the hug-a-tree program that taught them to stay put when they knew they were lost. Um, one of the things you find out when you start going on these lost children searches is that children tend to wonder. And if they would just stop, you know, the, the moment they know they're lost and they would stop and, and hug that tree and just wait a little bit, you know, they'd be found almost immediately. But we end up when we're searching for children in this situation they just keep wandering and we're just constantly trying to keep up behind them. They, they can travel large distances. So that was what we taught was the, the hug a tree program that came out of California search and rescue and, uh, just teaching them, you know, the minute, you know, you're lost, stop, grab the nearest tree and just stay there. Somebody's coming for you. So, you know, those were positive things that we got to do. Our team, uh, we even designed a coloring page that we handed out that had a, a canine handler from the state of Missouri and uh, one of our bloodhounds so that was a big hit with a lot of the kids and so yes um, very positive things came out of that sometimes you know working in prison it's hard to see when you do make a difference but helping find a lost person you know that has immediate rewards and there have been a few other positive times um, you know, I've told, I've told new staff, you know, this isn't like being a carpenter. You don't get to go into this job, build something that you see grow every day. But there will be times in your career, you know, there have been inmates, you know, on their way out the door that wanted to stop and say thank you. They've told me thank you for, you know, being fair with them, for setting an example, um, for, for making sure that they were doing the things they were supposed to that would help them for this moment, you know, when they're walking out the door. So those were positive things to have someone say that you actually affected them. Uh, and hopefully, you know, most, I can say for sure that I have not seen any of those guys come back to prison. Of course, I haven't reached out and checked to see if they have came back, but it feels good to know that maybe you affected someone's life and um, maybe they stay out of prison now. Maybe they grow a little because of the time you spent 
to listen to them or to mentor them. So, um, yeah, there's, there's positive times that happen in prison when you work there. Okay, number five. Are you going to have a show dedicated to women who work in corrections? Yes, I do plan on having a show dedicated just to women who work in corrections. I've worked with a lot of great female staff who do an amazing job. Even though they face extreme challenges in this, uh, you know, male-dominated, um, you know, by staff and inmates, this male-dominated career. And with that said, I don't believe I'm the one to talk about this myself. So, in the next few months, I will be looking to find, you know, some female staff who are willing to share their experiences and discuss, you know, these challenges of, of working as a prison officer. I'd also like to try to have an episode directed just to rookie female staff. I think in today's workplace, a lot of what needs to be said matter-of-factly up front is ignored or is just too intimidating a subject for most supervisors to deal with. You know, um, when female staff start in a prison, I had the, the chance to have good, uh, experienced female staff who I could say, hey, would you go take an hour and go talk to these guys about the things you deal with? And I'd like to do a show on that. Uh, you know, how the, how to dress, you know, how do you, uh, how you dress when you come to work, you know, inmates perceptions. I can go tell an inmate something and a female can go tell an inmate something and there could be two different perceptions there. And I know they have to deal with this. So, um, that's something I would like to cover it, uh, and I would look for it when we, uh, as we get this going, that that'll be one of the episodes coming up. Okay. Um, last question. Number six, are you going to interview inmates on this show? Well, the quick answer is this show is not about inmates and what they do in prison. This show is about prison officers and what they face and what they deal with and how they can become better leaders, how they can, um, go to work with less stress. That's the goal of this show. And if you're interested in, you know, inmates, um, after they get out and how they're, you know, how they deal with stuff, a quick search on one of the, you know, Spotify or Google podcasts will, um, find you a whole lot of former inmates who have podcasts and some are good, just like you would expect. Um, but some are, some are really bad, but this show, I'm not going to deal with that specifically, uh, how the inmates deal with their lives in prison or once they get out. This is about prison officers. With that said, if I do run across a former inmate who might bring a relevant or unique perspective to this podcast that has to do with prison officers and what they deal with and something that we can learn from, I'm not going to rule it out. Uh, if I get the chance to find the right inmate with the right uh, subject, then we'll uh, we'll take a look at that. Well, that's it for today's episode. Please continue to send in your questions, and maybe we'll have another Q&A session. But before you leave, let me invite you to visit www.theprisonofficer.com, where you can find all these podcasts, and you can find my suggestions for some of the best correctional leadership books. I've created a section there to highlight some of my favorites, as well as the many books suggested to me by guests or my mentors. If you see a book you like, click on the cover, and your purchase will support www.theprisonofficer.com. If you haven't already, 
check out the Prisoner Officer Podcast on Facebook and click that little follow button or leave us a message. Or better yet, leave us a review. And if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Google, or Spotify, click the subscribe button. Till next time, I'm Mike Cantrell. Watch your back, and please take care of each other out there behind those walls.